Welcome back to another episode of GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, where we explore the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. October is Small Business Month, an opportunity to celebrate the impacts that small businesses make in our communities and in our economy. And this series is brought to you by our pillar partner, RBC. Today, we are joined by Curtis Campbell. He's the Vice President, Business Markets BC Region at Royal Bank, and he is responsible for leadership and direction of Royal Bank's small business market in BC. Welcome, Curtis. Nice to have you here. Great. Thanks, Bridget. Uh, It's good to be here and a happy Small Business Week. Indeed. So you've been with RBC for a long time, almost 30 years. Maybe first tell us more about your role with the bank and how you work with small businesses. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. So, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, I, I'm uh, responsible and, and lead the uh, small business segment for uh, on behalf of the Royal Bank. So I've got oversight over our, call it 130 or so employees spread right across the province. And, you know, our, our role, our obligation is to work with small businesses in all the communities in which we live and work to try to enable their, their prosperity and success. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of you know, hard work and uh, rewarding work, as uh, as you can imagine, uh, small businesses, uh, you know, big and small, they, they got a lot of stuff going on. So uh, that's our that's our responsibility and obligation to be a, a good, solid, trusted advisor to uh, to our business owners and entrepreneurs. You know, you say a lot of stuff going on, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, you just think about the affordability challenges. We, I mean, they're very well talked about when it comes to families and individuals, but the kind of affordability challenges and the economic headwinds right now facing small businesses are pretty significant. So, you know, given that you've been in the role as long as you have, I'm making it sound like you've been there 100 years, but you've been there for 27 years, which is a long time and you see a lot of different cycles in the markets. I mean, how how does the bank's approach now change to previous years in working with entrepreneurs and small businesses? You know, I, I don't know that our approach changes a whole bunch because our, our approach fundamentally is that of, of advisory service. You know, we're there to consult with our clients, to provide advice, to be of service, you know, not to tell them how to run their business. That's always the the, the privilege of the, the business owner and entrepreneur to make decisions about their business. But but certainly what we hear from a lot of our clients is, you know, help help me um, digest through the, the set of circumstances that, that we you know, currently are living through and, and provide some, some valued advice. And so, you know, you're right. We, we are in a bit of a, uh, a down cycle. And, you know, mm-hmm. for those of us who've been in business a long time, you, you tend to see cycles go up and down. Um, but we're, what really doesn't change in terms of our approach is just how we have that, that face-to-face, person-to-person, you know, back-and-forth dialogue with our, with our business owners to, to help them sort through whatever the current-day challenges and opportunities are so that they can enable their businesses to the best of their ability. What are some of those challenges and opportunities um, that stand out for you right now? I mean, I know that our members are telling us high inflation, the rising cost of business inputs, those kinds of things, But and, and maybe those are the biggest challenges that you're seeing, but are there other additional challenges that small businesses in particular are facing right now? You know, you, you hit on a couple of the big ones that are that are oft mentioned in the media anyway. You know, inflation and, and interest rates. You know, it's that the, the input costs to businesses are are obviously higher, um, as well as the cost of capital, as as represented by interest rates, is is, is higher. Um, you know, and again, these these are cyclical. Um, it's just the bad part of the cycle right now, but not 
unprecedented um, for those who've been in business a, a long period of time. You know, I, I would say, you know, for small business in particular, you know, they're grappling with a little bit more of a regulatory tax burden than than what they've seen in the past. And again, this is this is not a surprise. We know where this came from is, you know, cycling out of the, the pandemic, you know, governments enacted some some policies and, and, and ideas that, that were focused on on worker health, you know, enabling workers and, and keeping more people employed. Um, and, and perhaps that that comes across as a bit more of a burden to the business owner to to um, operationalize these, these policies. Um, so that that's that probably inordinately hits the small business a bit a bit harder than, than some of the larger uh, businesses uh, out there. Um, and then and then employer or sorry, employee availability. Yeah, it's certainly what we've been hearing from our members. Um, going back to the costs, um, you might be aware that, you know, we pr- produced a report uh, back in May about the cost of doing business. And we uh, just took a, a pretty narrow scope in looking at government imposed costs over a two-year period and found six and a half billion dollars in additional costs uh, imposed by government to businesses, which is pretty staggering for those small and, and medium businesses. But when you're talking to these small businesses, knowing that they have been facing increased costs due to pandemic, um, inflation, rising interest rates, how can these small businesses adapt to these economic conditions? What do they need to be doing differently? Yeah, yeah, great question. And it comes up all the time as, as we consult with our, our business owners. You know, the first thing to, for the, for business owners and, and their advisors to, you know, to, to stand back is like, is, is to diagnose the problem. You know, what's the source of the problem to, to come up with a, with a strategy? And so is, is the burden of costs um, something that can be um, uh, affected and, and influenced through sales growth? Um, through uh, pricing strategies. Sometimes, you know, the, the costs can be defrayed by the business owner uh, accessing new markets, um, growing their top line sales, um, sometimes through uh, passing pricing increases along to, 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 to their end users if their demand is, is sustainable. And some for some businesses, they're seeing some weakening demand. So the ability to pass along price increases may be a bit limited. Um, so, you know, again, diagnosing the problem, is it is it something that can be fixed through growing sales or is it more of an expense uh, issue? And so a business owner needs to uh, take a look at their cost structure and, you know, do they high, have high fixed costs, which really they may not be able to do much about, you know, which is their their rental and premises costs and, and, and taxes and that sort of thing. Or are there variable costs, labor costs, some input costs? Um, interest costs, you know, if they're carrying, you know, high debt loads, you know, maybe paying down debt can can reduce their variable costs. So, you know, the business owner has a few levers at their disposal to take a look at their business and, and, and try to understand, you know, is it, is it something that can be fixed through growing the top line or, or um, controlling the bottom line? And, you know, once they've done a bit of a diagnosis from that point of view, then setting a strategy um, in terms of, you know, writing the ship and, and um, restoring the, the business to, to stronger profitability is a lot easier. Yeah, good point around diagnosing the problem because depending on what sector and industry they're operating in, it could be a, a number of different issues at play and you can't really find the solution until you know what the real problem is. I, you know, I, I heard somewhere recently that up to half of small businesses fail within the first five years or so, something like that. I think I've got it right. You know, is there are there a couple of main reasons why? Like, what happens in those first years that the strategy doesn't really work? 
Yeah, you know, and I don't know that that statistic has really changed a lot over the course of time. Um, you know, small business is not for the lighthearted. You know, it, it does take a person who's who's got some some strong orientation to, towards risk um, and 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 self confidence. Uh, you know, it, it's it's often reported. You know, you can't you just can't take an entrepreneur down, right? Like you can put barriers in front of them, yeah. and, and and the confident risk, yeah, risk oriented entrepreneur, they'll, they'll find a way through, right? Um, as as much as sometimes you know, government regulation put puts up some some barriers. Um, so yeah, the 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 landscape of of businesses that um, you know are uh, may may find some some trouble you know, making it through the first two, three, five years, it has been, has been pretty, pretty consistent over the course of time. Um, and so, you know, what, what does help entrepreneurs is, you know, understanding their market, you know, understanding their customer. Um, you know, sometimes the entrepreneur, they've, they've got a good sense of what they do in terms of providing a, a durable good or a service. Um, but being aware of how the market may change, um, how client expectations may change. And, and you can have a business that's doing a, a great business today. And then for whatever, you know, uh, marketplace dynamics, you know, their, their, their client base all of a sudden shifts. And, and now, now they're not providing the mm -hmm. good or the service in a way that the, the clients want. Um, you know, I provided a, a bit of an example of that. You know, we never used to see um, Starbucks drive-throughs, right? Um, they, right? They had the, the, the living room concept. Um, you know, kind of the third space where we would go in and have our coffee and sit down and chitter chat and all the rest of it. Um, and, and the de demand dynamics totally changed. You know, people aren't going in and just liaising around, you know, the Starbucks, not so much anymore. They want their coffee now, right? So now we see Starbucks with drive-throughs and, and, you know, we go in and get our coffee and we're on our way, right? So, you know, and of course, that, that's, that's using an extreme example. Obviously, Starbucks knows their customers and has all the analytics for it and was able to, to pivot. Small businesses may not have the same insights uh, around what their clients are up to than what big businesses are. But, but again, that's where small businesses need to surround themselves with a good set of advisors that can provide some insights and, and some data that, that helps them understand as their, as their customer base may change and as their dyna uh, demand dynamics may change, how the businesses themselves may need to change. Yeah, and pivot was really the key word for so many small businesses in the last couple of years. I mean, who would have thought the kind of changes that we've seen come to be, you know, patios outside in the middle of a rainy day in Vancouver or going there to pick up your, 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 not only your meal, but a bottle of wine and maybe a roll of toilet paper too. Like it was just, it was a lot of pivoting, as you say. You know, totally. I, I want to ask you about the report because I was really surprised by this report that RBC did that suggested that younger Canadians aren't really gravitating toward entrepreneurship in the way that they were before. That's a little concerning because, you know, we need entrepreneurs and we need small businesses uh, in British Columbia. Small businesses employ about 1.1 million people. So it really important. They're fabric of our community. What was behind that? What are we seeing in younger Canadians that maybe they don't have the risk profile that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a great point. And that that report just came out um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I, I speak from the bias. Of, of having been a small business owner. So before I joined the bank, I, I ran two small businesses, neither of which exist today, which, which is fine. That's, you know, I guess I'm part of the statistics of, you know, <laughs> small businesses that-, that But you've been there, survive. you know it. I've been there, right? And 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 sometimes it's okay, right? Um, sometimes it's not a tragedy that, that, that you know, we, we closed down a business, which which was the case in, in, in my sense. But yeah, you know, a couple of things I would say, 
you know, first of all, how, how times change. You know, there was, there was a report um, published by another financial institution just as recent as 2018. And, and the title was, you know, A Nation of Entrepreneurs. And, mm. and we had just seen the greatest number of new businesses opened in decades, right? And, and all this positivity and, and, and you know, a hope for the future that, you know, again, as a nation of entrepreneurs, that, that small business would be the economic uh, engine uh, driving us forward. And I don't think that that's disappeared fundamentally. You know, the entrepreneurial spirit is still held out there by a lot of folks. And, and you know, certainly for a lot of the, the new immigrants that come to Canada, there, there are nations out there that are very entrepreneurial nations. So I, I think there's some some tailwinds that we will see in terms of entrepreneurialism moving forward. But, you know, getting back to your question around, you know, some of the fundamental characteristics. Um, yeah, we do need our, our young folks um, who who have um, a sense of boldness around them, mm -hmm. you know, to be an entrepreneur, to, to want to go out there, you know, not necessarily with a proven roadmap and, and provide goods and services to, to a waiting audience, um, requires some boldness, it re requires some risk taking. Um, requires a good sense of self-confidence. Um, and, and, you know, I, I question whether these qualities and characteristics are really prized in society. Um, and, and, you know, in, in certain societies, again, some of our, our um, new immigrant um, uh, populations coming to Canada, absolutely they are. Um, the, other, the other part is, you know, I think about what are the skills that we're teaching youth you know, either through institutional educational programs or, or otherwise, you know, people skills, financial skills, marketing skills, leadership skills, operational skills, like these are all these are all um, disciplines that that youth need to possess in order to have some confidence to be able to say, OK, I'm going to instead of working for somebody else, I'm going to I'm going to start my own business and, and see how it goes. So, you know, there, there's certainly something to be said about, you know, skill development and making sure that the the, the curriculum, again, whether it's institutional educational programs or, or post-secondary, are helping our, our youth um, develop those skills that, that are really necessary for, um, for entrepreneurialism. And, and, you know, government can certainly play a part in, in ensuring that our curriculums are up to date there. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think government has a role to play. I mean, they have a role to play in creating the business environment that can really foster innovation and investment, but also foster that spirit of entrepreneurship. And, you know, given the report that we produced, uh, certainly they've got some work to do on those government imposed costs. But what are some things that, you know, government could really do to help alleviate some of the pain points that you're seeing for small businesses? Yeah, you know, and you you kind of said it is is my my view and, and shared I'm sure by a lot of business owners is, you know, we would hope that that government sets the environment like that's the role of government set the environment and, and a predictable environment with you know with policy with um, you know legislation with with you know taxation posture that sort of thing, and and keep it somewhat consistent you know low and consistent would be great but you know let's at least have consistency mm -hmm. and then and then leave it to the business owners like leave it to the entrepreneurs you know business owners and entrepreneurs they can find the opportunities they can walk down the street and point out a business opportunity that that you know a, a non entrepreneurial person just just wouldn't even see and so given given the right type of environment that the, the climate where where innovation can can thrive you know the business owners they'll bring the capital or they'll they'll marshal the capital if they don't have it themselves and and come forth with with the innovative ideas that that can create the jobs and, and create the social prosperity that the government really wants right like let's face it the government wants social and economic prosperity 
um, we would just hope that the government sets the environment and allows the entrepreneurs to take care of the rest. So, you know, certainly a, a consistent regulatory and legal environment that features low taxes and, and low economic burden would be great. Um, and I, I think, you know, if I'm speaking freely, you know, the government probably needs to take a look at, you know, the taxation regimen that they've got for small businesses. And there's there's some relief there that, that should come across to, to the small business owners because we're a nation of, of a small business, you know, that small businesses employ, and I don't know what the stat is off the top of my head, but it's a large percentage of jobs in, in the Canadian mm-hmm. economy. So, you know, government could be more helpful in, in bringing through a, a bit of a lower tax regimen and maybe um, lighten the, the regulatory burden as well. Yeah, that's a, an issue that we champion for what we have for a very long time and continue to champion. But, you know, this latest report, I think, really shone a light just on the kind of costs that are facing small business owners. And, you know, I think, as I said, there's a lot of awareness about the affordability challenges for families and for individuals. But when we're talking about small businesses, that actually can be like a family business. Quite often it is, or it can be one or two people. And so understanding that those are really important jobs and the private sector to have a really healthy economy and a healthy community, you have to have a thriving private sector as well. So it is something that we um, we will continue to advocate for. <laughs> Um, I wanted Absolutely. to. There with you. Yeah, great. Uh, so, you know, we understand there's a lot of challenges, uh, tough economic times. Um, there's no question about that. But when you think about the opportunities that exist for small businesses, what are you seeing uh, maybe in the last few, maybe the last year or two or three coming out of the pandemic where, you know, what what would you say that you've learned that could you could pass on to those small business owners that are maybe just starting their organizations right now or maybe they're looking to expand? Yeah, yeah, there's what we see is there's a lot of there's a there's a thirst for wanting to own and operate their own business. Um, there just isn't always the, the the knowledge or the capacity to be able to do all things. The number of times that we've we've met with a business owner or entrepreneur who's got a great business, you know, they, they provide a great good or, or, a, or a terrific service, um, but they're just unclear in, in how to navigate some of the challenges, whether they're financial challenges or operational challenges or staffing challenges. Um, you know, advice to, to business owners is don't suffer, right? Like stick up your hand, you know, mm-hmm. um, get involved with, with trade associations or, or the, you know, the board, boards of trade, respective boards of trade or chambers of commerce, that sort of thing, and, and go seek out those entrepreneurial neighborhoods where there's folks, you know, just like, you know, other entrepreneurs that are dealing with the same, same issues, you know, dealing with, with uh, typical um, uh, advisors, you know, whether it's the, the, the bankers, lawyers, accountants, you know, we've all got some, some part of, of advice to, to pre- present to the, uh, to the business owners to, to help them uh, along as well. Um, and, and just recognize that business is a cycle, you know, and right now we're in a, a cycle where by government policy, they're trying to bring down demand you know, high consumer demand is the reason for inflation. And so, you know, the, the higher interest rates, the higher cost of capital is designed to bring down demand. And so business owners need to be aware that if they're seeing a, a softening of demand, that's kind of by design. And so they need to orient their business to take that into account because a softening demand is probably with us for, for a little bit. And as I said, you know, the cost of capital is, is, is higher by, by virtue of interest rates. And so that doesn't mean there isn't capital you know, and, and speaking on behalf of my institution, we're, we're certainly lending 
as much as we ever did. We're not curtailing that. But business owners need to understand what what the economic equation is for their business. And if the cost of capital is higher, then then they got to work that into their equation as they try to find find their way to profitability. Um, but but there are good opportunities out there. And and um, you know I'd, I'd give an example of you know business owner that we met um, earlier on this year. Um, and actually, they're they're a, a finalist in the Canadian Women Entrepreneurs uh, Awards, mm. which is sponsored by RBC. And uh, she runs a uh, a series of travel medical clinics. And uh, mm. you know, I would say the the success for for her in amongst an environment that is challenging, as as we've described before. You know, she she knows the strengths of of her firm and and of, of her staff. Um, she studied the market to understand what is the the travel medical clinic demand out there amongst the, the travel goers, you know, those that would, that would seek to be, be traveling around, um, you know, brought in advisors and, uh, and undertake um, measured expansion and, you know, not growing too quickly because sometimes that, that stresses out a business, but to, to undertake measured expansion is, has allowed her to really thrive um, and really expand in, in an environment that's probably challenged some of, some of her competitors. So yeah, there's, there's absolutely successes out there. You know, as I said, it's, it's tough to bring an entrepreneur down, but they do need some help and support in order to find their way to success. Well, I know larger organizations have uh, larger teams. They have boards of directors and that kind of thing. And so as a small business owner, so important to use your advisors like yourself um, to really help get that expertise, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Curtis, this has been a fantastic conversation and uh, I think really important uh, details and advice for small business owners. And I just want to thank you for your time today. Bridget, it's been a pleasure and, and we're all here to enable uh, business, large and small, and, and let's grow the, the prosperity of uh, British Columbia. Absolutely. Uh, here, here. Curtis Campbell, thank you for joining us on GivePod. And thank you again to the sponsor of our small business series, RBC.